Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans chapter 2, verse number 7. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor, and immortality, eternal life. Now, the first two verses, verse 7 8, are coupled together, and verse 9 and 10 are coupled together in a reverse way of showing kind of the same principles of truth. Who you are, what you seek, and then what you are given. So if you look at verse number 7 specifically, you see this is the people who, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing. Next part, what do they seek? For glory and honor and immortality, comma, what are they given? Eternal life. So you have the people, what they're seeking, and then what they're given in verse number seven. Um, Look at the word patience for a second, because important things in life require patience. Picking a fight or arguing about petty stuff, that doesn't really require patience. That just might give you a little adrenaline boost for the minute, but it doesn't require patience. There is an unspoken fear that I think, if we're honest, we all have, and it's the fear that this will take time. And people nowadays are busy. They don't have time. Uh, So as a result, we tend to like phrases that, well, this will only take a minute. We tend to like phrases, um, hey, do you have a second? Because we don't really want to give them more than a second. We don't really have more than a minute because we got something else to get to. Most of the social stuff online, Facebook and Twitter and all of the way that social is designed, it's designed for you to just not have time. It's just you're, you're just on to the next thing. It's designed to get you actually to waste time scrolling and not doing something productive um church takes time let's use that as an example first off i mean it does you have to get ready you have to get dressed it's two hours it's at least two hours out of your life so number one thank you for taking the time and coming to be with god's people to hear the preaching of god's word but that does take time you know what else takes time Church relationships take time. Patience. Witnessing the loss takes time. This is why most people, I shouldn't say most, this is why some people, to be fair, don't do it. Because it is going to take time. And then that person is going to say something to you that's going to drive you through the roof. (laughs) They're going to mock your God. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to say something about the Bible. They're going to make you feel like you're just some dumb Christian that doesn't know what they're doing. You know what that takes? Patience. Patience. We need to be able to give people some some patience. Church life takes patience. Church friends takes patience. Church activities takes patience. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing. That's what I want to be, a patient person. That's what I want us to be, patient. Patient people tend to seek for glory and honor and immortality. Now, 
We know Hebrews 11, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. We know salvation is always by faith. Last week we talked about you are lost by works. You're not saved by works. Um, Genesis 12, the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. And by faith he went. By faith. And then God saved by his grace. In Matthew, he received a custom. Jesus says, follow me. What does he do? He gets up and he follows him by faith. All of that, Lydia, she worshiped God. Her heart was open. She attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. Anybody that's going to get saved is going to need some patience to listen, some patience to hear the word of God, some patience to search through the Bible. Some patience to work through uh, an argument that where you're arguing against God. This idea of quick fix salvation, this just, hey, just repeat these words and then we'll just kind of declare you saved like, like some type of Baptist Pope. It, it's not Bible Christianity. It's nobody's got time. Nobody's patient. Let's just try to inoculate them. Let's just try to give them the vaccine real quick. <laughs> and you can't give the gospel out that way. You have to take some time with people. Romans chapter 2, verse 8. It's the same principle. You see this in verse 8. But unto them that are contentious. So that's the people who. Now just look at the verses. See how it mirrors verse 7 and 8, how they mirror each other. First, who are the people? By patient continuance. Now it's mirrored with verse 8. Under them that are contentions. And then it says. Um, and do not obey the truth. But obey righteousness. Uh, but obey. I'm sorry. Unrighteousness. What are they seeking? Verse 7. It's the same pattern. In well doing. Seek for glory and honor and immortality. Verse number 8. They, they just seek to not obey the truth. But obey unrighteousness. See how verse 7 and 8 mirror each other. And then it ends with what is given. What's given in verse 7? Eternal life. What's given in verse 8 at the end? Indignation and wrath. So you have two choices. When you offer the gospel to someone, they have two choices. Might be a better way of saying it. It's eternal life or it's wrath. But you're not going to have both. What do you want? We're going to find out in a minute, people today, they really don't want God. They want themselves, and they want to be able to make up a God in their own mind at the end of the day, say, you know what, I'm kind of okay with that. But it's not so. Not so. Um, remember this, God met Paul in his height of contention. So we can't use, well, this world is contentious, this world hates you, God. We can't use that as an excuse. He met Paul on the road to Damascus in the height of his contention. I'm telling you, you want to learn what contention is? Go out and start witnessing the lost people, and you will find out real quick how fast the heat dials up. But the good news is we live in Tennessee. You'll find some of the most polite lost people that you'll find. And I really mean that. Um, Growing up in New Jersey and even spending uh, some time in Florida, 
People aren't as nice. The lost people aren't as nice. You will get cussed out. And you know what you're going to say to yourself? I don't have time for this. Except God had time for you. Except God had time for Paul. You and I are going to have to, by patience, learn how to deal with contention. And it's not always easy to do. All the offenses of sin, that's the indignation, just boils. God's indignation just boils. Wrath is his just punishment of an offense or a crime. And he will meet that out, the end of verse 8, indignation and wrath. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You're not a mean man and you're not a mean woman when you go out and you tell someone that they're a sinner and God's wrath is going to catch up with them. It's not all of a sudden now, now they have this, un, now they have this um, cloud of wrath that's following them around. No, it's always been abiding on them. We're trying to save them from the day when God's finally going to pour it out on them. We're, we're trying to get the gospel to save a lost and dying world. Are you saved this morning? If you are, you're going to have to be patient with lost people. You're going to have to be patient. Verses 9 and 10, it's, it's the reversal. Verses 9 and 10 give what's given first look at verse 9 tribulation and anguish look at verse 10 but glory honor and peace it's what is given what is seek what is sought after rather and then who you are so it's the same seven and eight nine and ten are the same picture just completely reversed given first is tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil is that what you seek to do? Then you're going to be given tribulation and anguish. And then it says to who? Of the Jew first and also to the Greek. That means you can't claim national lineage, national religion, or anything. You can't lay any of that to claim for eternal life. It doesn't matter who you are. You want to do evil, you're going to have tribulation and anguish. Meet it out to you. Verse number 10, what is given? Glory, honor, peace. Who's it given to? To, to? to every man that worketh good. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. That means it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, you can get saved. Now, you're not saved by your works. But the principles in Romans chapter 2 do point out. It's faith to faith. It's light to light, meaning if you're looking for trouble, you will find trouble. We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school. Samson, you get one, you get bound with one rope, you can break it. You get bound with two ropes or two sins, the second time you sin, you can break it, but it's a little harder. If you look for sin, you're going to find more of it. And pretty soon you're going to be caught like this and you can't get out. And people delay getting saved because they 
think I got away with this once, I can get away with it again. Now, young people, listen up. Your mommy and daddy might not see you steal the cookie before dinner. But it isn't cute. You've sinned. They might not see you take the cookie. And because of that, you reason like this. Tomorrow I'm going to get two because mom didn't see me get one. And that's faulty reasoning. Because when dad finds out, then he's going to drop some wrath. <laughs> now, that's a small thing. You say, well, that's a small thing. Well, in the garden, wasn't that a small thing? Why do people always say to God, well, what's the big deal? It's only a piece of fruit. Why do we say that to God about sin? You've stolen. When you take the cookie and you and you have lied. I'm telling you, adults think the same way. It's just bigger sins. All of that separates us from God. All sin does. But the more we sin, the easier we think it is to keep sinning. And you know what? We don't find eternal life. On the other hand, if you're standing out on the square and someone walks by and you give them a gospel track and they, they grab the track out of your hand and then they kind of look at it and then they kind of pause and they turn back to you and they say, Hey, what's all this about? You know what that man did? He stopped. He paused. He had some patience. He continued to turn around and he wants to know a little bit more. Don't get frustrated if that man doesn't trust Jesus Christ right when you talk to him or her. He got some truth. He wanted a little bit more truth. And he went home and he thought about it. If you look for truth, if you're willing to accept some truth, God will give you more light of that truth. That's the principle here. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Though it's reversed here in 9 and 10, um, tribulation and anguish upon every soul man through evil, the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, let's talk a little bit about evil. The Bible says, For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell within thee. There's a lot of evil around this world. And if there's one thing that Christian parents want to do is protect their children against evil. If there's one thing a Bible-believing preacher and church leadership wants to do is to protect the congregation against evil. There's a lot of it. It's all around, and it's a big problem. The Bible says some things about evil. Keep thy tongue from evil. Depart from evil. Go not in the way of evil. Remove thy foot from evil. Proverbs 8 says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way. He that pursueth evil, it to his own death. The wicked desireth the net of evil men. Evil pursueth sinners. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. Proverbs 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You know what that means? God can discern you and my heart. You're not hiding it from God. Don't try to. All the days of the afflicted are evil. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. The mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. 
An ungodly man diggeth up evil. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Proverbs 17, whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. The soul of the wicked desireth evil. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. That means don't sit down in fellowship with an evil man. Why? He's eventually going to win you over to do evil. What do you do with an evil man? You sit down and minister to that man. You can have a relationship with someone that isn't fellowship. It's ministry. It's ministry and try to help them. Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. People nowadays desire to be around evil. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what the movies are. They make all these horror, scary I don't want to know what they are. It's evil. And the cinema that wants to play that are evil people. Maybe the people that work there, that's the best they can do on a job. Okay, that's different. There's so much evil around. Parents, you must protect your children from evil. You cannot allow, to, you don't just give them a phone with complete internet access, access and, a, and, a, and a tablet and a computer and a laptop with, with the filth of the internet that can freely be dumped on there. Well, they read. Okay, we'll put some control measures on it so they can read pure things. You see what we're talking about? This world's evil. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Evil men understand not judgment. In the transgression of an evil man, there is a snare. There is sore evil, which I have seen under the sun. Stand not in an evil thing. The heart of the sons of men is full of evil. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. It's an epi that's the epidemic. <laughs> that's the pandemic. Ecclesiastes 8 says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. People get away with horrible, horrible crimes. And it gives an allowance to someone else watching that to do horrible crimes like that. This is why judgment must be executed speedily. If you do a horrible crime, there should be a horrible consequence immediately. Because if not, it gives that person a chance to do it again and influence others to do it again. That's why when you steal the cookie, it's your little pop on your hand. Don't do that again. That's a minor, simple example of what we're talking about. You can't let evil go unpunished. God will not. Their feet run to evil. The Bible talks about evil doings, evil ways, and evil and adulterous generation. Evil eyes, evil abominations, an evil heart of unbelief, evil people, evil thoughts, an evil servant. There's evil in the city. There's evil spirits. There's evil consciences. Tongue is an unruly evil that's full of deadly poison. The Bible speaks of evil doers, evil workers. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Evil speakings. 
evil surmisings. The love of money is the root of all evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. There is light, but evil people hate it. All these evil things, the Bible says, comes from within and defile the man. Oh, we're not done. There's evil tidings. There's a course of evil. The Bible speaks of things that are very evil. It says they are so evil. They proceed from evil to evil and they know not me, saith the Lord. God calls the nation of Israel. He says, turn from your evil. Evil is upon us. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Are you involved in some evil works? God's against you. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Young people, if it looks bad, get away from it. Abstain from any appearance. If you have to ask yourself, well, I'm not sure, get away. Go tell your parents. If you're a young person, but you're already on your own and something appears to be evil at the workplace or Get away from it. Find a way to get in a different situation. Abhor that which is evil. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. We have a world full of smut. We have young people that have burned their eyes out from looking at dirty pictures online. It's just, it just burnt, burnt. Their whole being is burned out from looking at film. It's evil. This world, th this Christians that have to live in this world have to hear these things because it's all around us. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, turn ye now from your evil ways and from doing your evil doings. Even Paul says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Pinch your flesh just so I know you're awake and you know you're awake. It's evil. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved? If you're saved, say amen. 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 Your soul is saved. Your flesh is as wicked as it'll ever be. <laughs> when you got saved, your flesh didn't get saved. My flesh didn't get saved. There will always be that cry, oh, wretched man that I am. Like Paul cries in Romans 7. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible says, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. The Bible says, but the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Now, young people, let me ask you this. Who's more strict, mom or dad? You don't have to answer out loud. If you do, that's okay. But you just answer in your heart. You might not have fear of mom if she's the pushover. You might not have fear of dad if dad's the pushover. Kids figure out real quick as they grow up in a home, who am I going to go to where the percentage of getting a yes is higher? <laughs> hmm. I bet you if I butter dad up, I can get it. No, I better work on mom. You're not going to be able to do that with the Lord. It's kind of like the one you can't win over and dad comes in and just stops the whole thing. And you learn to fear dad. 
because he's not going to let you get by with it. You think that the God of this, that, that created this universe is going to allow all this evil to go unpunished? He's not. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Put away all evil from thy flesh. Hate the evil and love the good, not rendering evil for evil. Eschew evil, thinketh no evil. Seek good and not evil. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. The Bible says, ye that love the Lord hate evil. I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. I know drugs are out there. I know bad people are out there and can harm us. I know there's filth on the movie screen. I know there's filth that comes through the radio airwaves. I know that. That's as simple as I want it to be in my life. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want all the details on how people do all the stuff they do. I don't want to know. Simple concerning evil. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. Well, one last one. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. See, Brother Jimmy, why'd you have to park so long on the word evil? Because we don't talk about it enough. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to finish this thought with saying, but the Lord, but the Lord. And if people would just get a hold of the Lord, their life would be so, so much different. Verse 10. But glory, honor, and peace. That's what I want. To every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. A couple of simple lessons. Number one, repetition is needed. Kind of why I went through the word evil so much. You need to say things in another way. You need to say things in a different way. That's been true in my life. I've heard preaching, then I heard the same preaching at a different point in my life on the same verse, and I finally got it. What was different? I heard it again. <laughs> That's all that was different. Uh, look at look at verse 1. I just want to show you in chapter 2. Uh, okay. Thou art that judge. O oh man, whosoever thou art that judgest. That's one. For wherein thou judgest. Look at the end of the verse. For thou that judgest. That's three times in one verse. It's repeated. Look at verse number two. Um, be sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. We see it a fourth time. One time in verse two. Verse number three. O man that judges them. Um, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. That's what? Six times. You think God's trying to get our attention? Look at verse number five. The righteous judgment of God. I think he's trying to get our attention by repeating. Do you know why we need to get a hold of God's judgment? I can't judge you. You can't judge me. A matter of fact, Paul says somewhere, I can't even judge myself. You know why I can't judge you? You can't judge me. We can't even judge ourselves. We have no idea the depth of our wickedness. No idea how much judgment should be meted out to us. We can't comprehend it. We always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. I'm not as bad as... We'll never be able to give ourselves righteous judgment. Only God could. The wicked things that you've done, 
that you try to forget about, if you brought them back up, and I'm not trying to do that to you this morning, but you couldn't even unravel the depth of that. The not so bad things that you've done that you say, you know what? Yeah, I did that sin, but praise God, I'm not as bad as that sister or brother. <laughs> you can't unravel the depth of the judgment that you deserve for that. Only God can judge righteously. You and I have no place because we can't righteously do it. Not to the depth that God does. Have you ever heard someone tell you a story and you don't even, and you wish you never even knew the information? Because it's so bad. And the person that tells you the information has no idea just how many people have been affected by that sin. You and I, the sins that we've done, we have no idea the depth of how bad it has affected someone else and then someone else and then someone else. Only God can judge. Only God. We, we talked last Sunday about you're lost by your works. God always gives an escape route. There's always an opportunity to repent. That's our God. But if you don't take the escape route, God is going to end up judging you by your works. And your works aren't going to save you. And look at verse 4. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. You know why people gloss over that? They don't want to know it. So you know what you got to do? You know what I got to do? We got to keep repeating it. We got to repeat it over and over again. If all I did was go preach out in the street, and if all you and I did was go out to different community events, we don't preach any of this stuff. We preach the same message over and over again. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, buried and rose again three days according to the scripture. For the wage of sin is death, to get the God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the same sermon. <laughs> over and over and over and over again. And you got to say it over and over again because people don't get it. I didn't know. A preacher that I know had put a thing on his on his Facebook uh, about coming to church. On I didn't know it was Super Bowl Sunday. Was it last weekend or the weekend before? I did, I had no idea. Um, because I don't want to know. I don't have any interest in that. I'm not saying playing football is wrong or anything. If you follow it, great. But um, the post was, don't stay out of church for to, to stay home and watch a game. But I'm saying that to say, you know why millions of people knew about the Super Bowl? Because they wanted to. Ad after ad, game after game, following all the stats the whole season long, Build up after build out, commercial after commercial. Now, why didn't I know about it? Because I ain't looking for that. I'm trying to figure out what does this verse mean? <laughs> Do I hold on to that and preach that later and chew on that thought a little bit? Or whatever you seek, you'll find. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? 
You seek truth, I'm telling you, it'll find you. You want good Christian friends? You want to be in a good church? Is it safe? You want to be in a place where you have freedom to preach uh, the, the gospel evangel evangelistically, in other words, witnessing to the lost? You'll get, you'll get all that here, but it's what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Last, uh, let's say this, verse 4 we're at, God leadeth thee to repentance. You have to plead with people to repent over and over again. You have to continually repeat to them, no, stop blaming others. It's you. We have to stop repeating things like, well, you're you're not really that bad. You have to stop repeating things to your kids over and over. That'll be okay. That'll be okay. Well, they've just been doing wrong for 10 years. You've been telling them that's okay. It's not okay. We have to keep repeating that to people. You must repent. You're not okay. You're not good enough for God. Always repeating the same thing over and over again. And people think God the Father put God the Son on the cross to die for the sins of the world. And somehow people think God's not going to judge them. He put his son on a tree for you. Faulty thinking. We have to change the way that we think and we have to stop thinking or we have to compel others to stop thinking that I'm really not all that bad. My sins really aren't that bad. And the reason why people have a problem with eternal hell, everlasting fire, everlasting judgment is because look, are you telling me that I live 80 years? I'm not that bad. I'll say I live 90 years. How bad can I really be? Why would God put me in hell for eternity? Doesn't that seem so unreasonable? No, it doesn't. It's only you talked yourself into you talked yourself into what God doesn't want you to think. God is not unreasonable if he cast you in hell for eternity for one sin. Because your view of God's holiness is so low that you don't get it. He's so holy. He's so righteous. He's so just that one sin he would be righteous and casting you into eternal judgment. But the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And we have to constantly repeat, 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 repeat. Okay. We got all that. Everybody good? All right. Kids, Cain and Abel. You, you all know that story. Young people, Cain and Abel, right? There's layers to what we all do. It's more than just the act of doing it. We have a heart motive. And we have the pursuit of our, our pursuit is based on our heart motive. Our seeking. Cain and Abel, they both had a pursuit. Cain and Abel both, they wanted to worship God. Matter of fact, Cain and Abel wanted to worship the same God. Matter of fact, Cain and Abel put time out of, they took time out of their day to worship that same God. Cain and Abel both wanted to find acceptance from God whom they both wanted to worship. But they brought two different offerings. And with that offering, they brought two different attitudes. A heart of belief and a heart of unbelief. By faith, Hebrews 11 says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. 
he believed what God said. And his faith was demonstrated in his obedience. It's not what you choose to bring to God. You can try to offer God a life of integrity. You can try to offer God of, I didn't do really, really bad sins. But all you're doing is bringing the fruit of the ground. That's all you're doing. You're bringing a sacrifice to God. But it ain't going to meet you out nothing. Cain just willfully rejected. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Who are you seeking? What are you seeking? Genesis 4, Bible says, and Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. That takes some patience. You're going to bring the firstling of your flock. That's a hard attitude that says, I'm going to select the best. But he did. He didn't say, well, anything will do. Because he was dealing with God. If you're saved this morning, I want to ask you. Do you honestly offer God your best? I'm not talking about this charismatic, your best life now, every Friday's a you know, happy, slappy day. I'm not talking about that mush. I'm talking about Romans 12. One. Do you find it reasonable to offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? Now for, I, I thought about that. Now for your salvation, it, it, it is. And if you're a Christian, the Bible says that your reasonable service is to offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable sin. If we would take serving God like we approach our job, we wake up early, we stay late, we get dressed, we say yes sir or yes ma'am to the boss. We try to do the best that we can. And oh boy, if there's competition, we're going to have a sales uh, competition this month. Whoever sells the most cars is going to get a $3,000 bonus. All of a sudden, everybody's working harder. Everybody's working smarter. Everybody's really doubling down on it. Yet Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And we say, well, I got one holy hour on Sunday. See you then, Lord. Come on. We've got to do better than that. You know why we can do better than that? Because we do better than that in the world. I came from a sports background. I know how hard athletes work. I know how many hours they put in. I know the types of food that they eat and they sacrifice that don't taste good, but it will keep them in shape, supposedly. <laughs> they don't smoke. They don't drink. They don't do anything. Why? Because they got a game to win. Because they're going to get glory. The team's going to get glory. And all of a time, it comes, it comes time to be a Christian. Well, church is that long? The Golden Corral, come on. It's, I don't want to miss the buffet. 
I'm not saying we do that. I'm saying that people do that. I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. It's going to take some patience. Church is going to take some time. If you were here at Sunday school, you were here. It's going on two hours, which means this is a three or four hour ordeal. You had to get up in the morning and get dressed. Then you go home. I get it. Is it begrudging? Or is it because you love God? Why do we do what we do? Do you offer God your best? Do you treat the Lord like you treat your business? Do you treat the Lord like you treat your boss? Are you fully, fully committed and immersed in work and hobbies and sports and your investment portfolio? Do you know why churches... We've committed. We're going to try to do Lord helping us Sunday school, Sunday service, Sunday evening and midweek. Do you know why so many churches are closing midweek and Sunday night? Nobody comes. You know why they don't come? Because they don't want to come. That Super Bowl game, millions of dollars. I don't know if it went to billions that it made. Just to run an ad, millions of dollars. Yet I have friends that go around on deputation to become missionaries in a foreign country. It takes them two years or a year to raise enough money to live over in a foreign land to be able to tell people in a hut that live in a mud hut about Jesus Christ. No offense, brother. Mike, he builds mud huts or earth, earth houses and all that. What I'm saying is they don't live like us. And all you need is one multi-million dollar donor and he can fund five of them. All our money gets dumped into investment portfolios and hobbies and we say we're seeking God. <laughs> And look, Lord, you know, you know, if you've been here any length of time, you know my heart. We don't pass a plate. We don't we don't do any type of man manipulation emotionally to try to extract money from you. I don't send you letters. Hey, send us money. I don't send you emails. Hey, send us money. We don't talk about it. But as soon as people are ready to spend a thousand dollars on something, there it goes. Hobbies, sports. I never saw another multi-million dollar sports hero in my life. That'd be just fine by me. I'm not railing on Team T Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow. Praise God that he's getting the gospel. I don't even know what he does or doesn't do. If he's a Christian, great. And he's telling people about the Lord. Great. Keep doing it. I'm not against him. but I'm for the Lord and I want us to be for the Lord. I want us to be all in for God. If I'm all in and you're all in, we can do something great for God because we are a team. We're a local church body. We're part of Christ's body. We work together. He can use us for his purpose. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.